As we've moved through this Lenten season, our hope has been uh, that we would be inspired, that the Spirit would inspire us to open our eyes and that we would see with depth and clarity this world, and that we would see ourselves, and that we would be inspired to join in the Spirit in bringing shalom to chaos in the world around us. As we've done this series, we've been following along with the lectionary, each week reading scripture from both the, both the Old Testament and the Christian scriptures. Usually, the lectionary assigns nice, short, easy texts to read. These last two weeks, however, the texts have been much longer. These last two Sundays, the lectionary has been at least 40, 44 verses. Now, I didn't trim the story quite as much as I did last week today. So while you are comfortably seated, tune your hearts and minds and hear these words from the 11th chapter of the Gospel of John. I'm first going to read verses 1 through 3, and then verses 17 through 53. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill, so the sisters sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus, Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to be going to the tomb to weep there. When Jesus came where Jesus, when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, "Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died." When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus again greatly disturbed came to the tomb. 
There was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I've said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the council and said, What are we to do? This man is performing many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. The Romans will come and destroy both our holy place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all. You do not understand that it is better for you to have one man die for the people than to have the whole nation destroyed. He did not say this on his own. But being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus was about to die for the nation. And not for the nation only, but to gather into one, the dispersed children of God. So from that day on, they planned to put him to death. This, my friends, is the story of God told for you, the story, the people of God. Thanks be to God. This text is certainly a fitting end to the season of Lent. Lent is usually a journey of descent. It's a journey which confronts us with not only our own mortality, but our own pain, our own brokenness, and our own need for the restorative power of divine love. Lent is a journey that leads us into this Holy Week, a journey that leads us to the cross. But Lent is also a journey that leads to Resurrection Sunday. Our story this morning has us confronting death. But it also gives us a taste of Easter. This is also a text that I have needed to wrestle with this week. In the world of pastoral care, I'm often in the presence of those that are on their way toward are those that are grieving over death. This past couple of weeks, though, the presence of death has loomed even a little closer. I've had several friends and family members in the hospital with various life-threatening illnesses. And I'm glad to say that they're all okay now. They're moving towards recovery. But death has been close. It seems that many conversations that I've had in the last couple of weeks, too, have been having to do with death. This week, I was part of a conversation about a man that had died and then come back to life. 
And it wasn't even a conversation that started with Lazarus. On Wednesdays at noon, I'm part of a dialogue group that we call Common Space here at the church. In this group, we discuss different things about the Bible and the ways that we interpret it and how we as people that are guided by this text might live in response to what it is that this text tells us about ourselves and about this world and about the God that made it. In that group this week, we read a story told by a man about something that had happened during one of his sermons. This man was preaching one Sunday morning when he began to hear a commotion in the back of the church, and he slowly realized that somebody was having a medical emergency. The sound that he was hearing was the people moving chairs around to give room to a man that was having a seizure. Naturally, the man stopped the sermon, and he asked any medical professionals to go and attend the man And as a few people headed that way, he asked most of the gathered community to pray quietly. He asked one woman to lead them in prayer. As that woman prayed in what he described as an unusual falsetto full of King James English, two more sounds began to overwhelm the room. One was the sound of an ambulance as it got closer to the church. And the other sound was that of the increasing sobbing of the man's wife. After the man was wheeled out of the church and the service was concluded, a doctor approached this pastor and told him what he'd experienced as he reached the man. This is what the doctor said. That man stopped breathing. He had no pulse for several minutes. We lost him. This is what I do. I know this stuff, and I'm telling you, this man was gone. We continued to try, but we weren't getting any results from our efforts, and then that woman began to pray. And all of a sudden, his body jerked, and his pulse came back, and he started breathing again. I also heard another story about death this week, and this one, I have to say, is a little harder to hear. The story came from an Episcopal priest. This priest said that she could never hear the story about Jesus raising Lazarus without thinking about something that happened while she was in her chaplaincy. This priest had been assigned to the neonatal ICU, and while she was there on one occasion, she spent several days visiting and praying with a young mother whose baby had died in her arms just a couple hours after being born. In their final conversation together, this young mother said to the priest, Jesus brought Lazarus back from the dead. Why won't he do it for my little girl? I'm furious at God. I'm scared that I'm going to go to hell because of it. Am I ever going to see my baby again? This is how the priest responded. After I swallowed a river of tears and assured her that she was not hellbound for being mad at God, I located the Bible in her room, thank you Gideonites, and started reading John chapter 11. I even even took time to explain about the book of signs and why Jesus raised Lazarus in the first place. I am a bit of a pedantic pastoral carer. 
When we got to the part where Jesus wept, this woman stopped me. Do you think Jesus is weeping for my baby? Yes. He's holding her and weeping for her and for you. Mary and Martha, when both of them reach Jesus, they both say the same thing. Lord, if you had been here, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Their brother has been dead and decaying for four days, and they know that this divine word made flesh could have spoken and healed the flesh of their brother. But Jesus wasn't there. This is a very hard story to read. Especially when we consider the very real presence of death in our deca- and decay in our world and in our lives. Especially when we consider these strange but abundant stories that we hear of some people being miraculously healed and some people being brought back to life from death while others are not healed and others still perish. If dry bones had the ability to speak, I feel like we might have heard that same cry from these bones. Lord, if you were here. Lord, if you were here, we would not have gone into exile. We would not have been slaughtered and left to dry and decay in this valley. Where Lazarus had been dead long enough for his stench to escape the the tomb, These bones have been dead so long that they no longer smell. God asks Ezekiel still, can they live again? Can what is dead be brought back to life? I think if I would have been there, my honest answer would have been very quick to say no. Stuff like this doesn't happen. Dry bones don't come back to life. Dry bones don't regain flesh. But Ezekiel leaves himself open to possibility. Only you know, says Ezekiel. Ezekiel essentially says that even though the flesh of the nation has already been consumed by decay, even though they were not saved from death, Now that God is here, maybe something will happen. In Martha's words and in Mary's mourning, I can hear the same openness. They know that Jesus could have done something, but I think that they also hope that he still can. Just as the whole house of Israel was restored when Ezekiel prophesied to the wind, when Jesus speaks, Lazarus emerges from the tomb. Death becomes life. In the Gospel of John, it is this sign that finally drives the authorities to sentence Jesus to death. Giving life to Lazarus leads to Jesus' own death. And there's even an ironic twist to this death sentence voiced by the high priest. 
It's better to have one man die for the people than to have the whole nation perish. John goes on to say that Caiaphas unwittingly prophesied divine truth. Jesus indeed was going to die for the nation, and not just for the nation, but for the whole house. The whole house of the children of God that have been dispersed, bringing them all back into one. This story, the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, does not answer my questions. It doesn't answer the questions that I ask of why some people are healed and some people are brought back to life and some people are not. What this story does do, though, is encourage me to remain open. To remain open like Ezekiel and Martha and Mary. This story gives me hope. It gives me hope that some of those strange stories that I do hear might hold some truth. Maybe something did happen. But this story gives me an even deeper hope. A hope that the God that raised Lazarus from the dead and the God that raised Jesus from the dead is still working for resurrection. That's a hope that I need. I need to know that God's still bringing life to places of death. I see the valleys of dry bones that we've created. Sometimes I feel like I've wrapped myself in my own grave clothes. I need this hope. These stories also tell me that God invites us into participation in this work. God called Ezekiel to prophesy. God even carried Ezekiel into the valley. Jesus asked the gathering community to remove the stone, unbind this man that's been brought back to life. These stories invite us into the action. This God invites those of us that experience resurrection to do the work of resurrection. Rachel Held Evans was a public theologian that tragically and suddenly died about four years ago. I want to leave you today with one of my favorite quotes that I've read of hers. Evan says, our God is in the business of bringing dead things back to life. If we want in on God's business, we better prepare to follow God to all the rock-bottom, scorched earth, dead-on-arrival corners of this world, including those in our own hearts. Because that's where God works. That's where God gardens. So today... May we hear the prophecy of life. May we feel the breath of God breathing on us and giving us flesh. May we feel the hope that even in death, the divine is gathering all of his children, all of God's children into one. And may we join God. May we participate in all of those rock-bottom, scorched earth, dead-on-arrival corners of this world inside and out.
may we participate in this gardening. In the name of the God who breathes, in the Christ who calls, in the Spirit that gives life.